Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. This week's free episode. Yeah. You can check out the bonus episode over at patreon.com slash the fro show. Yeah, heaps of additional content over there. So check it out. Go watch it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fro show. My name is Front Wink and Android. As always, my beautiful co host, Jeremiah. Hello, Frank. I don't think that made any sense. I don't Hold think on. Do you want to try it again? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Fro Show. My name is Frank Winkin and I'm joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Joe Murray. Hello, Frank. There we go. Much better. We got that. We got that. <laughs> um, Joe, we're wearing some very sick hats today. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I convinced you to wear one. You did. You I did. quite like mine. It's. I quite like this one too. I feel like I feel like one. we're rocking them to the best of our abilities. I think so too. I never, you know, I never used to be a hat guy. I was never a hat guy. Since when? And then, like, mid last year, I was like, I'm going to wear hats now. Yeah, fair. Um, and then I started wearing hats. And now you wear hats. And now I'm a hat guy. Um, well, you always wear hats. Yeah. Mm. It's so that if I start now, when I start balding, no one will know for at least another five years. Ah, it's, smart. It's forward smart. thinking. Because <laughs> I'm going to keep the sides, right? So then are when I bald down the middle, I'll just wear hats all the time. Are you going to bald? I think so. Yeah. I, d- I don't know if I will. I reckon I will. My it's, it's your mum's side. Yeah, all the men on my mum's side are bald. But there is a chance that you can have your dad's side's hair. Oh, is there? And everyone in that side has really thick, luscious hair. Oh. Um, and the problem is that I have the same hair texture and colour as, like, my mum's side and right. the women on my dad's side. So there's no way of knowing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have no idea. It's the exact same. Right. So... I don't know. <laughs> we shall see, I guess. Yeah. Um, but preemptively wearing hats. There is a reason we're wearing hats, though, today. There is. is. because very, very late to the party. But I finally finished Red Dead Redemption 2 Ooh. this week. Um, that it came out in, like, 2018, I think. <laughs> like, something stupid. Mm. Um, but I finally got around to playing it and, and finishing it. It yeah, it came out in October twenty eighteen. So I am right. almost three years late. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I wanted to talk about it a little bit because it's really, really there's something really, really interesting um that I found out mm. is that um one, obviously before we get into any of it, it's a fantastic game. You should go play it. You should go play it. I should go play it. Um it's super cheap now as well. I was gonna say I wanna see how much it is. Yeah, it's, you could probably get it for like five bucks at JB Hi Fi or something now. Surely. True. Um and it, I think it comes up free occasionally on PlayStation Plus every now and then. Oh. So I'm going to see how much it is big on PlayStation recommend. Store. Yeah, actually. Or just get, just look up the disc. Ah, uh, too much effort. Then I have to go buy it. <laughs> but this is why, um, what is it? This is why game shops are dying. Are disappearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking it up now. It's, it's $39 at JB Hi-Fi. Oh, yeah. That's that's cheap as chips. Well, not really. Chips are probably a bit cheaper, but it's about forty bucks if you buy it new. But I'm sure you can get a used one on on Facebook Marketplace for like five bucks. Yeah, yeah. What do you look? Oh, at? it's ninety dollars on PS4. On the store. Yeah. Interesting. So they haven't price dropped it the digital version. No, it must be super popular. Still. It is. It still is. Yeah. The online is also super popular still. Oh, that makes sense. Um, oh, you can buy just online. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they did that recently so that they can make hackers money. 30 bucks for yeah. just online. Um. Anyway, the reason I wanted to talk about it a little bit is because I read something really interesting. Is that um, in 2019, um, the New Yorker, I think. So, you know, big, 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 big publishing pl- like news outlet. Yeah. Um, wrote up an article and it, it was like the article that finally granted video games the, like, right to be considered art, basically. Uh Um, And Red Dead Redemption was talked about a lot in it because they were talking about how the story is, like, on par with, you know, things like The Sopranos, The Godfather, Uh things like that. Um, Just the way that it's written and the way that the story is told, they were like, it's on par with these, you know, Hollywood titans, these massive movies. Um, And so they felt comfortable finally being like, you know, this is a real art form that wow. we're willing to support. Yeah. So I thought that was super cool. <laughs> um, and that's, that's really the main thing that I wanted to bring up. There's nothing really else to talk about in terms of that, but it's just like really interesting that it was the game that 
that like switched everything that made everything you know be like you know this is actually an art form now yeah um and in that year it really struggled it didn't win game of the year um because it was up against god of war and a couple others actually i want to look it up now Mm. um game of the year 2018 oh it come when you type in game of the year 2018 is the first one that comes up oh um year of the games yeah back when like three games came out in a year where like last year and this year it's been dry we've had lots of indie games lots of little stuff like things like hades and stuff have been really popular yeah Uh, a lot of remakes have come out in the past two years um okay what were the no new big stuff yeah so they were up against some massive games so Game of the Year nominees were Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Wow. So you've got... They're I, I wouldn't games. really count Monster Hunter World and Assassin's Creed Odyssey as actual contenders. Um, <laughs> but Celeste and Spider-Man and God of War? Yeah. Massive, yeah. massive contenders. Um, but God of War eventually won for best game, which I, I would agree with mm. in terms of like everything. Um, and then, but Red Dead swept up in a bunch of other places. Like it won best performance for, um, Arthur Morgan. It won best narrative. Uh, it won best score, won best audio design. Um, what else did it win? I'm just scrolling through now as we have a look. Um, I think those are the really big ones that it won. Definitely didn't win best sports and racing. Yeah, I think those are the, those are the really big ones that they won. Mm. Um, but the score was fantastic. It was all it was all so so good. Yeah, actually, I might. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can find the score because I'm playing I'm, some. I'm hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> is it, wait, no. this is God of War. No, this is Red Dead. Oh. Um. Okay. Man, now I really want to play it now. It's yeah. Um, I don't know which one to play. The first one. Mm, the music of Red Dead. There we go. This is probably better. Um, oh, so actually really interesting. There were a couple original songs that were written for like like full songs, like with singing and stuff, not mm. just score. Um, and they are fantastic. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was listening to it and I had to look it up because I was like, is this, like, does this song already exist? Yeah. Like, this is one of them. I'm just going to skip forward. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, and then you've also got a bunch of, a bunch of orchestral stuff. Um, I don't know if this is the orchestral stuff, but let's just click on one and see what happens. No, these are like the actual orchestral. These are the actual (laughs) songs. Hold on. These are the orchestral ones here. It's like proper (laughs) Western. That's so nice. This is the title track. Super sick. That is so um, cool. I was literally I watched the entirety of the credits. Yeah. Which I never do. Yeah. I just sat there and I was like, these people deserve for me to like look at their names with my <laughs> eyeballs. Um, and also it, it helped that they were playing some of the original <laughs> original songs like over the yeah. credits because I was like vibing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. But it is one of those games where you have to like kind of commit to it. <laughs> Right. Like you have to, you can't just, it's not really a game that you can play in like intervals. Mm. Um, you have to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to spend X amount of time a day for the next couple of weeks to finish this. Yeah. Okay. It's like, it's like committing to a really good TV show. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the best way that I would describe it story wise is it's like, it's like interacting with a mini series. Oh. Is 
like the best way that I can. Right. Okay. I can explain how good it is. Is the story you can't like laid out like a miniseries though? Sort of. Yeah. Oh, because it has chapters. It has chapters. So it's the game split into six chapters and then two epilogue chapters. Right. Um, and each chapter is like five to ten hours. Right. Um, so it's long. Mm. It's long as. Um, I think I've spent. I think I took about. 50 to 60 hours to finish the main story. Wow. Which is a lot. That's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is that you can kind of like go off and explore the world on your own as well mm. um, and kind of take your time. And if there's something that if like, if there's a mission that you don't want to do, cause you're like, Oh, that's a bit, you know, emotionally intense at the moment. <laughs> you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go fishing for a bit. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that the world, it's the first game I've ever played where the world feels like it moves without you. Right. Like when you're not there. Yeah. Like when I'm not That's playing cool. it, I feel like there's still stuff happening, even though I, I know consciously... There's nothing happening. That nothing's happening. The game isn't running, so nothing's moving. Yeah. But like subconsciously, my brain's like, yeah, but like, you know, that chick that you met in that town, like, uh. <laughs> did she get back to her family? Or like, right. like it's, it's that sort of thing. So That's cool. That's what I mean by like, it's like interacting with... A, a mini series in that like mm. you've got all of these loose ends and not all of them get tied up there's a lot of stuff that just is left open-ended mm. um it's one of the better endings to a game i've ever seen yeah um yeah it was, it's just really 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 good it's like it's like a classic western but it's like a western mini series yeah a classic western mini series yeah yeah do any of them exist a Western miniseries. A classic one. I'm sure. Like old ones. Oh, like an actual miniseries from like... They're mostly just movies. Yeah. Like from the Golden Age and stuff. Now I'm interested. When did TV shows start happening? Sorry, I'm that would have been like track now. Well, the Dick Van Dyke show was one of the f- big first ones. That was like the 50s, I think. What was the first? I'm going to look it up too. I'm going to look up. What was the first TV show? What are you looking up? Same. Is that what you're looking up? Yeah. Okay. What was the first? TV? In the full experimental days of television, the very first full-length program broadcast in the US was drama in one act called The Queen's Messenger. Yeah, but that'd be a movie. I would call that a movie. Well, it's a broadcast. Yeah, but that's a broadcast on TV. Was the first TV show. When did big regular programming begin? Yeah. In the US, popular culture history paints uh, the 1930s as a decade of radio listening. Mm-hmm. Although NBC had 15 hours of programming a week by 1939. Yeah. Which was a regular pr- program schedule. It doesn't ha- tell me what it was, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. Uh, in 1936, uh, we got Little Miss Television, starring 10-year-old Smiles Bloom and her sidekick, 4-year-old Baby Dolores. They could sing, they could tap dance, they had charisma. That was the first big TV show. Wow. Like the first actual TV show. Is it 1936? Yeah. So from 1928 to 1935, there were a lot of companies making TV sets. Unfortunately, owning a TV set in those days was like booking a flight on an airplane in 1904. <laughs> Wow. That doesn't really, didn't really happen. There was no regularly yeah. scheduled programming, just on special occasions that were announced long in advance. Um, your TV set had to be within half a mile of the transmitter tower. And it had <laughs> half, half a mile. Half a mile. Uh, and had to be the right kind of TV for that TV station or you wouldn't get a signal. Um, That's like 700 meters. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, so the first TV show was Little Miss Television in 1936. 1936. Interesting. I can't believe you had to be within half a mile of the tower. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. I like that. Imagine just like rocking up with your TV, being like, I'm here for the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, you bring your TV to the tower. Yeah. Um. Wow. Anyway, yeah, big recommend. Um, It has some of the best voice acting and mocap work I've ever seen. Mm. Um, ever the- heard? Scene, mocap work. Oh, you, well, voice acting. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just like the whole thing fits together so nicely, and you just get you get so invested 
in every single one of the characters that like you know you watch there and it's there's like an inevitable downfall like you see it coming literally from the start of the game right um because if you don't know this game is a prequel to Mm. the first red dead game which starts with one of the gang members that you don't play as in red dead 2 um and you're you play as them in the second game so there's two things that you basically know at the start of red dead 2 Mm. one is that the character that you play as is for whatever reason no longer a part of the story um yeah and you don't really know why you kind of assume it's because he's dead but you don't really know yet um and then the second thing that you know is that this gang is going to go downhill because in the second in in the first game Mm -hmm. um the whole plot is based around finding your old gang members and killing them so that's kind of like you, you already have all of these assumptions basically yeah um and you kind of just like along for the ride, trying to figure out, you know, where it goes wrong, what goes wrong, and why it happens. Um, Wait, so where does the character from the first game come from? Or is he in the he's second in the game. game the whole time? He's in the second game the whole time. He's oh, in the okay. game. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like the general gist of the story is that you're part of this like classic Western gang. Mm. And the leader of the gang is, is watching the Western world, like the wild West disintegrate and like it's becoming more civilized. Um, and as it does, so he's like, I don't want this to happen. And Mm. so he tries and tries to fight against it. And he's like, all right, well, we could just got to get enough money to, to go off somewhere else. We'll go to Tahiti or something like that. Right. Um, and that's like the catalyst for the whole game is like, you're just trying to scrape together enough money to, to get out of the West. Wow. Um, and then through that, all of these character moments happen and and that sort of thing. So, it's really, really interesting. And in the end, it ends up with a big yeah. shootout. Yeah. A big... There you go. Um, but I won't say too much more because otherwise I'll spoil a lot. But it's really, really It came good. out three years ago. It did. Oh, but, but if I want to play it. If you want to play yeah, it. Yeah, no, don't tell me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so good. It's so <laughs> good. Um, and if you if you end up getting it for your PlayStation, hmm. uh, I might cop it for PlayStation 2 and we can play some online. I'll even I'll even play for pay for PlayStation Online. Okay. Well, you pay for PlayStation Online for that. Yeah. Because I have no one to play it with, and I really want to play it. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah, that's kind of the extent of my my Red Dead my Red Dead talk. Yeah. Um, I'm very glad that I went back and finished it. I did the same thing with The Witcher. I played like. 10 hours and then went, this is not for me. And then I came back like a year later and finished it from where I left off. Right. And then was like, wow, I regret not finishing this. Um, yeah. But yeah, go play it, stick with it. Um, my thing would be if you're not invested by the time you get to Saint Denis, which is like the big city, mm. like maybe play one or two missions into that. But if you're not invested by then, then it's probably just not for you. Yeah. Um, but by the time I got to there, I was like, I can't put this down. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to stay with me. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now I'm just like, okay, well, what do I play now? I reckon you go back and play Red Dead 1. Yeah, I reckon I will. I think it's, I have it in my attic for the 360. The Xbox 360. Oh. See, I'm a PlayStation person. Yeah. Um, and I also have my xbox 360 somewhere so that should i thought we saw it the other day yeah it's right over there it's literally behind the curtain there you go um but yeah so i think i'll play that and just do the continuation of the story i'm also still playing through red dead 2 i'm just like going around hunting and doing the side (laughs) missions and kind of just refusing to accept the fact (laughs) that the game's over (laughs) oh like before uh, before we started filming we found that horse yeah we found a it's an arabian horse a white arabian horse the best fastest, horse in the game. Fastest horse in the game. And I got it after it mattered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. Did you like need... Do you, Are there missions that you needed yep. a fast horse? Yep. Uh, I literally... I didn't get a new horse the entire game. I was like too invested in my own horse. But I didn't want to sell it. Didn't... One of your horses... Yep. Yeah. But like within the confines of the story. Yeah. So I didn't... I didn't kill my horse. No. Um... But yeah, so uh, I, you get a horse, like you get right at the start of the game, you like get into this town and you get to choose between three horses and you get to name them. Yeah. Um, I chose a horse and then I couldn't bring myself to buy another horse <laughs> through the whole game. It like had I, a super cool name as well. It's it called Lightning McQueen. 
Oh. Oh, I thought it was cooler than that. No, it's called, it's called Lightning McQueen. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and I just couldn't bring myself to buy a new horse. I was too, I was too committed and invested in this one horse that I bought. Like, and it was, a, it was an okay horse. It wasn't great at all. Yeah. But I was like, this is my horse. Like, I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> and I saw a picture of someone else playing Red Dead Two, and they had the same horse. And I went, hey, that's my horse. And they went, oh right, <laughs> you know, you got to pick between three. Like, obviously, <laughs> someone's gonna have the same horse. <laughs> wow. But I just, I felt too bad. Selling my horse and getting a new one. Why? Because I'd spent like 50 hours with this horse. Yeah, that's true. That's why I didn't care. Actually, no, I can't say that because spoil. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I yeah, <laughs> I made sure that I kept that horse until the, till I, till I could no longer. <laughs> <laughs> sad. <laughs> Bit sad, yeah. Um, mm. Anyway, that's it. Go play it. It's yes. great. Um, I want to talk about, oh, actually, not about Red Dead, but, you know, whoop, hats. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, that was like my my. That's the end of the Red Dead segment. You know? Oh, tip your hat. Thanks um, for coming. <laughs> yeah, <Yeehaw, laughs> um, we have all Canon lenses on the we cameras do. for the first time ever today. Yeah. Um, we've got and the. We, we have one sitting over there as well. That's we have an used. extra. <laughs> that's, that's never happened before. No. <laughs> we have a twenty-four to seventy. My twenty-four to seventy on the ADD. Actually, they're all mine. Yours is the one that's sitting over yeah, there. Yeah, mine's. <laughs> we have the twenty-four to 2.8 on my camera. We have the sixteen to thirty-five f four on the Blackmagic, mm -hmm. and we have the seventy to two hundred two point eight on the EOS R. Yes. So this is the first time ever that we've had all three lenses. Yeah, and I love how much further away my close-up is yeah. compared to the other two. The, the, so <laughs> Joe's. Um, I mean, my close-up is right next to the main camera, like literally right next to it. <laughs> Joe's close-up <laughs> camera is like about a meter behind the, the main <laughs> camera and like to the left. So it's like angled off into the corner of the room it's so great. that we can actually use it. <laughs> but hopefully it looks good. This is the hopefully. first time that we're using that lens for video. So yeah. I'll be really, really interested. It's, this is kind of an experiment. It, it is because we're experimenting with, well, we started off by experimenting with the, the 16 35 because yeah. we normally use this lens actually. Yeah, it's the Sigma it's eighteen Sigma. to thirty-five, the one point eight. Um, that's the one we normally use. That's the one I bought specifically for the Blackmagic camera because that's the one everyone buys for the Blackmagic camera. Yeah, um, it's a great lens, and um, I realized that we have that lens, so I was like, "Why don't we just use that one?" Yeah, why don't we use the better quality one? Uh, they should be quality. they should be somewhat similar, but that's full frame, so you kind of get a bit more, uh, a bit more oomph out of it. A bit more oomph. Yeah, but. Yeah, so that's the lens we normally use. Um, and then we were experimenting and we chucked the 16 to 35 on there. And I was like, wow, that looks great. And then I was like, why not just put the 70 to 200 up? In a little room. In a little room. <laughs> I could zoom in. Hang on, I'm going to zoom in. Wait. Zoom in. Yeah, ready? On my face. Here we go, here we go. Boop, boop, boop. Hello. <laughs> that is very close. Oh, we didn't even have it at 70. No, it's at 105. Oh, there you go. 105. Oh, that's it. Is that at 70? No. What's that at? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> is it um, 35? Oh, nearly at 70. Oh, so not worth zooming in. Boring. That was it. Is it the same? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yours was more fun. Damn. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so I'm really interested to see what this looks like when we edit, because I actually haven't seen footage from the 7200 yet. Um, haven't you? Haven't you filmed anything? No. Oh. I've done only pictures with it. There you go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what it looks like, if it's like soft or anything like that, because it is an older lens. Do you want to talk about the problem you've had with it? Yeah, actually. I don't yeah. I don't actually know what it is. No. And no. I've tried Googling it, and I can't find it. And it sorts itself out, so I don't really care that much. No. Um, as long as I like... Anyway. Can you take a photo with it? Oh, explain it first. Yeah. So basically what it does is it doesn't do it all the time, but sometimes when I turn the camera on, it's like the stabilizers and the autofocus are fighting each other. And so the lens kind of shifts between mm. two points. And it's really strange because it goes, it like it physically moves. 
yeah. but the lens doesn't move at all. It's like only the internals, and it goes like right, left, right, left, right, left. It goes like yeah. I don't know what it is. Have you? You could message the owner and ask them if that was a problem that they had. No, I don't really care. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know, and I don't I don't know what to Google either. Yeah. Um, like seventy to two hundred. Um, Flicker. M- motors <laughs> flicking. Is that it? Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, something like. Um, f- like frame flicker maybe. Uh, frame moves. Flickering. Oh. Okay. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Really Don't weird. Um, but yeah, it still it still works and it sorts itself out. So, like, I'm not, I don't care that much. Um, mm. And I got it for cheap, so I'm like, mm. you know, whatever. Um, but it's just weird. I don't know it what weird. I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's fixable or if it's just something I'm going to live with. Can you take a photo while it's flickering? Yeah, I can do anything while it's flickering. So, yeah, right. I just like I don't understand why it does that. Mm. Is the issue, um, but it it sorts itself out. So it, it feels like it's just the focus motor or something being powered on or starting. Right, but uh, I have I no idea. Know. I really don't know. But that's that's been like my minor issue with that lens. Um, but it only happens when I turn the camera on, and if I leave it off for a while. If I turn right. the camera on and off and on, it'll fine. It's fine. Mm. So that's what makes me feel like it's a power issue, like in the lens. Um, it must be a stabilizer thing, because does didn't you? Oh no, you found out it didn't, because you thought it corrupt. The yeah, stabilizer corrupted. I doesn't. thought so, but it doesn't. And I've tried, I've tried turning everything off on the lens, like mm. turning off stabilizer and turning off focus and stuff like that, um, on the lens. I actually think it might be a, actually. I think it might be a connection issue. Yeah, the camera not. The yeah, because when I because what I did properly. before was I switched it from like when it was doing it, I switched it from manual exposure to auto exposure, and it fixed itself. And then I just switched it back, and it was done. Oh. So it might be a a camera thing hmm. that it's that it's doing. So I wonder if it's an issue with the mount. Yeah, maybe. Connection to the camera. Maybe. Maybe I just have to clean the connection points. Maybe. That's worth a shot. But it's fine now. Like it's it's fo- it focuses well and you know, it's it's a 20-year-old lens, so it's a little bit slow to focus, but it is. <laughs> um it works. Yeah. If we need a Can faster focus lens, we'll get the RF one and it'll just go Yeah. And those things are crazy. Mm. Um but yeah, so oh well. But that's our little experiment. We've done. We got all the lenses up. Um, uh-huh. I'm really, really keen to see what the footage looks like when we edit it later. I'm interested as to what the different uh, depth of field will look like on that. Oh, it's shooting at the, the the wide. Yeah, it's the same aperture. I shoot at two point eight anyway, and that went down to two point eight because of the because um, oh. of the glass. Because I have an I have a mount adapter um, that's point seven one, so it brings it down from f four to f two point eight because it's letting more light in. Huh. Technology. That's really strange. Yeah. So the so 1.8 the, the 1.8 lens, the the one that's normally on there becomes a 0.8 lens, I think. Wow. I think. Or is it like is it more like that's what you think it's It's like they're talking to each other but no. No, no, that is what it's doing. It's like an actual it's an it gives you an extra stop of light actually know if that affects depth of field at all. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. So I don't know, but we'll see. I'm really excited. Um, anyway, mm. yes. moving right along. Is there anything you want to talk about this week? I mean, not really. I have something that's like not interesting. Do you want to just chuck it in here? I've got one other thing, but... It, it's about pre-production. Go on. Well, I I got a little story. I, I learnt the... Uh, 
I, th- I feel like everyone needs this experience, but where you learn how important pre-production is. Um, and for a project I was doing at uni. Oh, but I don't think I've told you this. I'm, why not tell you on the show? I'm done uni now. Yeah. I've done. Shoo, 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 shoo. I handed in my last bit of like, well, I had my last actual class on Tuesday. Yeah. And then handed in my last bit of writing yesterday. So, no, the day before, Wednesday. So what are you going to do with your life so, now? Well, now I have internships to finish off, end of May. And then, I don't know, sit around. Play Red Dead. my thumbs. Play, play Red, Red Dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Not yeah. being in uni is great. Yeah, I'm. Oh, you have no idea how much I I'm do. looking forward to it. <laughs> you, the only difference is that you left with a degree. <laughs> I did. I left with a piece of paper that says I can do something. I just have to show that I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go so on. So who's better off here? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I have a career that actually makes money. Ooh. Hey, whoa. <laughs> that career makes money. Yours doesn't make any money. No. <laughs> anyway. Being a creator is fun. Oos, um, <laughs> oos. <laughs> we make pennies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we had a project and everyone was pretty like um, lazy with pre-production and just like getting started with the thing yeah we knew we had a deadline date and it was a film it was yeah. a short film it was like three minutes or something um we knew we had the the deadline and all that but um pre-production just didn't really happen um and so what we ended up like coming up with is not everyone could make the shoot date there was six people in the crew three people showed up to the shoot um plus an actor so there was someone who did lighting, someone who was a cinematographer, and then um, a director, actor, and he wrote the script as well. Yeah. So, um, and the script, because we hadn't done any pre-production, the script ended up being a interrogation scene, Wait. simply because we could just set up a camera in a room with yeah. a table and it shoot the whole thing there. Um, so we did all that and... Again, because of no pre-production, we didn't have a shot list, didn't have storyboarding, anything like that. And the shots that came out had like um, way too much headroom, characters on the, not on a third, they were right in the center of frame, they didn't have any looking room, and it just, it yeah, didn't turn out too great. Was a bit yucky. Didn't have the right gear, didn't have the right audio gear for the shoot. Uh-huh. So the the um, mic ended up being mounted to the camera, and of course we did. There was some shots where they like whip panned, so you can hear the. Awesome, <laughs> love it. Great, um, but yeah. So the importance of pre-production, and and um, it, I think it's kind of ironic because I've gone from that um, that production project. Um, into this next one, which I'm doing live shows, yeah, and we're um, we're like streaming live shows. So they're they're putting a few on um, during like this festival period, and then like one or two of them are being streamed to Twitch or Zoom or something. Yeah, um, and we started pre-production like two weeks ago, and I'm not when I'm not actually doing the show till the 23rd of May. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they're or they're already like, where's your plan? Like, I need to see it, you know, every other day yeah. to give you feedback, and and I can already tell that it's gonna pop off. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna blast. Actually, now that I'm talking about it, I I needed to talk to you about possibly helping with that. If you were interested, it won't be paid, but it could be fun. We'll talk about that after the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said that, you're like. Depends what it is. Depends what it is. It could be fun. Um, So yeah, and then you know that that's that got me thinking on the way here actually about like we obviously don't do any pre-production for the shoots. Yeah, we do unless they're professional shoots. Yeah. Um, And sometimes it's easy for creatives who do stuff like social media or um, our you know portfolios or just for us. it's easiest, easy for us to then go into professional shoots and be like, ah, we don't need pre-production. Yeah. Because we show up on the day and just, it works. <laughs> it or, just or we, works. We get, you know, Until it doesn't. We get a few photos at work or something and yeah. then 
when you get to a professional shoot, you don't have anything prepared. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it just works until the point where it doesn't. And yeah. then you're screwed. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. Just my little sprinkle of advice no. with pre-production is don't ever put it by the wayside because, yes. Yeah. You got to put it on the pea protein side. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> Way protein. I wonder, yeah, I got it. Yeah. I wonder how many other people I got it though. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I was proud of that. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> screw you, man. Um, okay, so yeah, this is my this is my last thing for today. I don't know if I'm gonna find it. Um, Over there. So, on Sunday, I had the great joy of waking up. At 3.45 in the morning. Oh, yes. Um, I forgot about this. Yeah, I woke up at 3.45 in the morning um, for a four o'clock start, which I loved and definitely didn't make me want to throw myself off a bridge. Um, <laughs> and I attended a webinar with Peter McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was organized by uh, Social Lab and uh, Canon Canada. <coughs> and it was like half... No, it was like a third life story... Mm. And it was a third advice and then a third Q&A. Q&A kind of sucked. It was kind of just like very generic questions. Um, The life story stuff I already knew. Like that's Mm. kind of just general stuff that he's talked about before. Um, But the stuff in the middle, the advice stuff, Mm. was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, So some of the... I I got a couple of my notes that I kind of just wanted to talk about and I wanted to talk to you about because I don't think I sent you these yet. You sent me your scribbles. I sent yeah, I sent you my physical notes, not and the I looked at them and immediately went, I can't read this. Hang on, I think I have Oh no, that it's over there. Darn. Uh, I was gonna say I could show what the notes actually look like. Because my handwriting is atrocious. Is it in that book? Yes, but I don't know what's written in that book. Fair. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really want to go testing that. I think it could be stuff for work and that's probably not great. Right. Um anyway, uh, a couple of really, really interesting things he was talking about. So he was talk- he talked a little bit about his um, his YouTube and mm. like how he um, holds an audience. So one of the things he's talked about a lot is how he used to be a magician. And how he, he used to be a magician? Yeah, he used to be a professional magician. He worked for a circus. I don't actually know much about um, Peter. Oh, okay. So general life story. Mm. Um, he kind of floated between jobs for a bit, worked as a professional magician, did lawn mowing for a golf um, place. Mm. Um, he did a bunch of stuff basically is what it comes down to. Um, anyway, he, his sister got him a present, uh, got him a little point and shoot camera for his birthday. Um, he didn't want it. He went to return it. They said, you can't return it. He was like, all right, well I'll buy an SD card then I guess. Yeah. Um, and then he started shooting with it. Two weeks later, he bought his first DSLR, (laughs) um, and then started shooting. So, um, that's kind of that general story. He bounced between jobs for a bit. Um, and then ended up at this um, ended up at this golf place, and he was mowing the lawns every morning at like four in the morning. Mm. Um, and he was sitting in the lawn and the lawn mower, and he was like, "I hate this." Yeah, like I got to I got to step up and do something. So he started doing the magic stuff, mm. um, and then that slowly turned into him doing more photo stuff, and then YouTube. Yeah, that's the like thirty second abridged version. Yeah, um, and he was talking a lot about how his work as a ma- magician and as a performer has really helped him as a YouTuber. Um, Because what he was saying was that like holding an audience and stuff like that is just performing. Mm. Um, It's the same concept as as, um, performing on stage is like, you know, how do you keep an audience engaged? How do you make them feel like they're a part of it? How do you make them feel like they actually are involved in the show? Yeah. Um, And one of the really interesting things he said was he doesn't script any of his stuff. None of his videos are scripted, even the ones where he's sitting in front of the camera. Like hmm. they're all improvised, and he just sends them off to his editor, and his editor just chucks them together. Wow. Um, so that was something where I was like, okay, wow, like this is actually your personality. You're not scripting. Yeah. This. That was also what I noticed in the webinar. I was like, wow, you're just like this all the time. Because it's like I imagine it would have been what you saw at uh, the webinar was the same as what you see on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And it's just for like an hour and a half. It's the same. That's just what he's like. Wow. It was insane. Like he would, he'd be talking. He's mm. the same as me. Like he'd be talking and yeah. then he'd go off on a tangent and come back. Anyway, one of the things he was, he was doing was he was talking, talking, talking. 
And he was like, oh, by the way, if it looks like I have ants in my pants, it's because I'm sitting on... And he steps off his stool and he's like, so I'm sitting on this <laughs> stool and it has like a rounded base so that I can like wobble around. Right. Um, and then that's that's why I'm moving around. So he just goes back and he sits back down. And he goes, one second. He goes off. <laughs> he go, comes back. He gets like a sparkling water, cracks open the sparkling water. <laughs> he goes, okay, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> All right, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, me too. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And that, that was awesome. yeah, that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is just your life. Like yeah. you're you're just this is you as a person. Yeah. And people in the chat were like, have you been diagnosed with ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, that was one of the big things um, was how we transferred those performance skills over to YouTube and being able to create uh, mm. and hold an audience. Um, he talked a lot. Someone was like, how do I become better? At, it was like a combined question. How do I become better at taking photos and how do I become better at making YouTube videos? Yeah. Um, and he talked a lot about seat time. So he's saying how he's currently learning how to ride a motorbike, ride a, ride a motorbike, ride a motorbike, ride a motorbike, ride a motorbike. He's learning how to ride a motorbike. And one of the things that his instructor is telling him a lot is that you just need seat time. Um, because at the start, you're not going to be comfortable. You're not mm. going to be willing to get onto a highway at 100 yeah. yet because you just don't have the seat time. You need the seat time. Mm. Um, and so the only way to get better is to get in the seat and ride and do it and just, just practice and practice and practice. Yeah. And I like that a lot better than just do it or just take photos or just record yourself. Yeah. Like get in the seat and, and do it. It's a much more visceral kind of metaphor, I think. Yeah. Um, because you can, you can get in the seat and just kind of sit there. Yeah. It's the same thing as like what everyone does when they get their first camera. They turn the camera on, they take pictures of their keyboard yep. and their desk yep. and their monitor. Mm-hmm. And then the the wall mm-hmm. and the door. And they go, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's not just sitting in the seat. It's actually going out and, and practicing those skills. Mm-hmm. Like go ask someone if you can take their photo. Go, you know, go off into the wilderness and go take landscape photos, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and said, seek discomfort and make yourself uncomfortable. You won't master it immediately, but you'll get better slowly. Um, and he said, I still haven't achieved mastery. He was like, I don't feel like I'm a master yet. Mm. Um, he's like, I'm getting that. Like I'm, I'm making progress every single day, but at no point in my life will I be a master. Yeah. Um, and another thing was someone asked how he stops himself from having creative burnout. Cause you know, he releases two to four videos a week. Um, and so they were like, how are you not dead? Yeah. And he said, uh, basically what he does is if he feels like he's getting burnt out, he just stops everything, puts everything down steps away, goes and does something that he thinks is fun mm. um, and then comes back the next day. Huh. So rather than like forcing yourself and pushing yourself through that, yeah. he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to stop. And he goes and like rips his ATV in the backyard or something. Um, That's sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was one of my favorite things. So he's talking about how he comes up with his ideas. Yeah. Um, and so I, I did a little bit about this on my Instagram story, which you should follow me, Adley Frank Lincoln. Um, <laughs> Um, but what he does is he comes up with an idea and he writes it down on a big whiteboard. He writes down the idea. So, um, I don't know, like say the idea is, um, my favorite coffee. Mm. I think like Peter McKinnon thinking Yeah. my favorite coffee. Um, and then he looks at it and he looks at whatever's on the whiteboard until a new train of thought starts. Um, so the idea that he writes on the whiteboard isn't necessarily the video idea. Um, so like the way that he explained it was he'd be like, okay, my favorite coffee. Okay. What's my favorite coffee? My favorite coffee is like a Brazilian roast. Um, oh, my friend Alex is from Brazil. Right. Alex, he's a great photographer. I should do something with him. Um, Alex is, he's in town this week. So why don't we, why don't we go out to Niagara Falls and we go and shoot with Alex and he's a professional landscape photographer. So let's do mm-hmm. a video on how to shoot waterfalls with Alex. Nice. Like that's Done. like that's kind of the thing that he that's the train that he follows. Yeah. Um and the big, big, big thing that he he was he was getting on was two two things. One was giving yourself permission to create. So mm. giving yourself the permission to be like, Okay, well screw that idea. You know, screw the my my favorite coffee idea. Mm. Let's go to this new one. Yeah. Um and he's like, Okay, I have to be pumped about that idea. I have to be excited. Um, but I can't sit on it. If he comes up with a video idea and he he doesn't do it immediately, he's like, I start getting this like dark cloud over my mm. head where um, I start overthinking it and I start going, oh, this idea sucks or you know, no one's going to like this idea. It doesn't matter. Why would people watch this? Blah, blah, blah. 
Um, so he he doesn't want to think himself out out of his ideas. He just wants to create them. Mm. Um, so those were kind of his big things on how his creative process works. He's like just giving yourself permission to use to to do your creative process as as it happens. Yeah. Um, rather than being forced to um, to do it how someone else does. Mm. Um, and then uh, the other one was for how to work with other people. So collaborating with people that are very different to you is really great. Yeah. Um, and I, I read that and was like, oh, Joe, because <laughs> your creative process is completely different to mine. Yeah. Mine is very like, you know, Boom, boom, boom. Just whatever ideas, like do stuff, get the camera, we'll film. Whereas yours is like, okay, let's write it down, let's think, yeah, let's let's plan it out, and mm-hmm. not just not just blast out twelve thousand ideas in one. Yes. Um, and then the other thing was, um, and this is the same as what I was saying with you, um, find someone who works with you, not for you. So a lot yeah. of the times you work with people, and they just like go along with your ideas, and they like, all right, whatever, you know, that'll do, whatever. Whereas if you find someone who works with you, they're willing to say no to ideas. They're willing mm. to disagree with you. They're willing to come up with their own ideas and actually feel like they have an input. Um, and then the last things were, um, he was talking about clickbait on YouTube. It's like, if clickbait, if clickbait bothers you, um, you probably shouldn't be on YouTube. Uh, mm. it, it's just playing the game. You just yeah. have to figure out how to play it. You have to figure out how to get the views. If people don't click on the video, no one's going to watch it. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, and then the last thing that he said was that brands have to feel like they're getting value. Yeah. Um, there's a camera there. <laughs> Is that the bag? Oh. Yes, I thought oh. so. Okay, I'll finish this and then I'll come grab it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so brands have to feel like they're getting value too. Um, right. So if a brand wants to work with you, they have to be feeling like they're also getting value rather than just like we send you a bag and then you get a bag. That's yeah. it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair. Yes. Yes, I know. I'm not going to bring it in because it has my address on it. Uh, I can <laughs> I can come grab it. Hang on. We'll, we'll cut. We'll cut here. We'll cut, cut. here. <laughs> Speaking of Peter McKinnon, <laughs> um, that was really good timing. That was good um, timing. I'll quickly finish, finish what I was saying. Um, the last thing that he said was that uh, the best way that he said to improve his photography was that he picked a stupid item every single day. Mm-hmm. And just made a video or a photo based on that item. Hmm. And he just created every day. Smart. That was his big thing. Anyway, on the topic of Peter McKinnon, um, I bought a new bag. You did. Um, this is not the Kickstarter bag. I've talked about that a little bit before. This is the travel bag. Mm. Um, this is a really good way to end this episode, actually. It is. Um, I bought this three days ago and it came, it from, came from Canada. Canada. <laughs> That's insane. Also, can we quickly... Just, just appreciate how, how good how this nice branding this box is. is. So it has Peter McKinnon Cross Nomadic, and it has the Peter McKinnon skull on the side there. Sick. Oh, all right. Oh, <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> I don't think we've ever opened a box on the show. We've opened like letters and packages. Yeah, not a box though. Not a real box. This is exciting. This is a little this bit exciting. First. It's a bit hard to do while talking into a mic, though. Ooh. This is beautiful. Well done, Peter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's just okay, hide them. Put those. I don't think this has my address on it, but... Yeah. Why do I have... <laughs> what? This is um, the... Packaging list from FedEx for all of the nomadic bags that got sent out. Really? From <laughs> Why does it go in that box? I don't know. Like, these are all of the ones that got shipped on the day that mine got shipped. Someone bought five of the bronze divider kits. <laughs> uh, and then there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of the camera bags that were sold on the day that I bought mine. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Oh, this is so sick. Piece off bag. Ooh. It's like a beautiful little Ziploc bag. Oh, it's a Ziploc. Yeah. Ooh. That is beautiful. Oh, my goodness. It's a bit bigger than I thought it was going to be. Oh, that's really nice. So, this is the bag. (laughs) Man, I am amazed how quickly this came. 
Yeah. I want to. I'm gonna open it up. Open, open it. Hang on, I'm gonna move Ooh, the mic that's quickly. nice. On the front there. That one. Yeah, that's the main compartment. Whoa. <laughs> that's very nice. That is very nice. So this is the Damn. main internal compartment. So it opens from the back, from um, from where your ba back sits so that people can't get in. Wow. Okay. This is sick. Yeah. Um, what's this? I don't know what these are. What is that? Oh, these are the... Are these the backpack clips? I don't know. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Camera section, clothing section. This is sick. <laughs> All right, I'm very happy with this. Where are your clothes meant to go? They go on the top section. Oh, in the front. Yeah, so this is all the camera gear. Those zippers feel very nice. Like proper zippers? Yeah. Uh, this is the, the clothing section. Ah, I see. So this is where your clothes go. And then you clip it down with the little strappy strappies. There you go. And you can get like compression like compression bags and you just put them there. Yeah. And you got little little vel little not velcro but little like mesh Patches. sections to put in your like dirty undies or your socks or something. That's very cool. This is sick. I'm gonna put it on so we can get kind of a size comparison. <laughs> It's pretty big. It's a travel bag. Mm. It has to be. I'm struggling. Yeah, I can see that. That's because it's... Cause it's yeah, yeah. How about that? Oh, and this is for your trip. Yeah. I think it's meant to go. It's stuck. It's that's meant to go through there. Yeah. There you go. This is a very uh, visual heavy segment of the episode. <laughs> We're not narrating. <laughs> so go to um, YouTube, uh, the first show on YouTube. Check it out. Check out Frank's new bag. It is really cool. Ow. Good on you. I feel very cool. You look very cool. You look like you're ready to go on an adventure. All right, I'm ready. I've just got my Kubra. <laughs> You've got your hat too. I'm set. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> <Good on you. laughs> Follow, uh, go check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the first show. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Heh <laughs> heh.